You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1326 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you deep into the evening on a Wednesday into Thursday. And thank you for joining us, as always, in the podcast, making us your first listen each and every day. Check us out across platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube on the video side, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode will be myself talking about the Hawks and the Cavs from Wednesday night in Cleveland, the Hawks' first game in, on American soil this year. Also, their first loss in the preseason by a final score of 105 to 99 in Cleveland. Obviously, if you are paying attention to the NBA and generally speaking, preseason stuff overall, the win loss result, not the biggest deal in the world, but still lots of takeaways from this game. In fact, the Hawks were down by 18 points at one point, at one point in this game and actually climbed all the way back into it. They had tied the game, briefly led in the second half, and then got a little bit away from them in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, what I would describe this game as is a kind of a dress rehearsal for the actual regular season, which begins next week. The Hawks have some absences in this game, which we'll touch on in a second, but the guys who played, played a lot. The starting backcourt of the two stars for the Hawks played 34 and 33 minutes combined, uh, sorry, each in this game. So plenty to touch on, but a pretty serious atmosphere. And the Hawks kicked pretty good effort in this game. It was not a full-on like intensity of a playoff game or anything like that, but the Hawks did play their guys for the most part until the, until the final minutes. So a pretty uh, normal atmosphere here after sort of a, an ease back on Saturday um, in the second game in Abu Dhabi. The first game was kind of all hands on deck, a little bit of a pullback, and then today was definitely sort of put, put back on the floor for the Hawks. And they, McMillan, they, they definitely were trying to uh, win this one if they can. So pregame stuff as far as context is concerned, um, no shocks necessarily about who was available and who wasn't. Bogdanovich still out of the lineup for the Hawks. I talked talk about that at length on yesterday's podcast. By the way, this is our fourth episode of the week. So if you missed the first three, I talked to Robbie Calland of Uprock Sports and Dime for a two-part Easter Conference breakdown earlier this week. And then I talked to, um, to myself basically in solo fashion about some news and mailbag stuff on yesterday's show. And part of that was the kind of reality brimming that Bogdanovich is not going to be ready for the season to op- actually open. No one has said that. No one has announced that, but as he is not practicing in full yet, the season begins in a week from right now. Um, it seems like he's not going to probably play, so we'll touch on more of that on the podcast yesterday. But um, anyway, that was the case in this game. He was not in uniform. No surprise there. The one guy that was sort of a curveball was Aaron Holiday, who was not with the team in Cleveland. I was told his official listing was not with team for baby reasons. I'm not sure if that was a birth of the child or anything like that, but um, if it is a birth of the child, thank, congratulations to Aaron Holiday. But um, I, from what I was told, he expects to be in Birmingham on Friday for the preseason finale, so uh, no real issues there. Um, anybody, everybody else was available in this game, but I will say – there was an impact because basically um, they've been using Aaron Holiday as kind of the bogey replacement, a very different player, obviously, but they, they trust Aaron Holiday as a veteran guard. Without those guys, both in the lineup, there were some questions that we'll touch on later on in the episode. Um, Cleveland was without Evan Mobley, who was hurt. Kevin Love is out, was out in this game. Dean Wade was out in this game. That's three of their top probably 10 guys, including, you know, Evan Mobley is a top four guy. Kevin Love's five or six for them. So uh, not quite the full strength caps in this game. And our friends at Bet Online had the Hawks as a small underdog, although it's preseason, so not, not a huge takeaway from all of that. So anyway, we'll dive into the game itself now, but that was sort of the context around it. And uh, the Hawks did not play their uh, absolute best in this game. We'll touch on all of that stuff right now. So at the outset, 
The Hawks did not have their best offensive game overall, generally speaking. They missed, they missed their first three shots. They were three of ten from the floor at the outset. There was a nice, smooth three from John Collins, who actually had a really good game offensively. Uh, Capella was rebounding the ball at a very high level in this one. In fact, he had seven rebounds in the first eight minutes and drew two fouls, getting in the line as well. He was very, very active. And uh, I'll say it now, and I'll probably say it again later, the other sort of big takeaway from this game was that Capella got injured in the second half. No further update, but it's, uh, I was, told it, was uh, told it was a thumb strain for Capella. I'm not sure about the seriousness. Of course, the team's in Cleveland, and there's no Zoom access right now for the team on the road, so we're kind of all flying blind to some extent. But hopefully I'll get an update on that in Birmingham on Friday. But he left the game and did not return for Capella. Um, I thought defensively the Hawks were pretty attentive in this game, at least pretty crisp in the half court. There were some transition issues for the Hawks, as there probably want to be for most teams at this point in the season. But offensively, it was pretty sloppy for most of the game. In fact, the Hawks had really one good offensive quarter. It was the third quarter of the game. Everything else was pretty sloppy. Trey Young had a, had a struggle by his standards. He was 0-4 with three turnovers in, in sort of the first few minutes of this one. He did have one great pass to Capella at the outset that was uh, drew a foul for him. And uh, Trey did draw a charge against Isaac Okoro, just kind of being in the right place at the right time and being active and kind of getting effort defensively in that spot. Um, rotationally, I'll say this now and probably say it again later on as well, um, the dress rehearsal part of this game was that the Hawks really only played nine guys for the very large majority of this one. And if you were to just go ahead and acknowledge that Bogdanovich and Aaron Holiday were out, in addition to you know just kind of the context overall, this is the sort of nine-man rotation that I would guess would play. At least the top eight and then the ninth spot kind of up in the air. But there was no debate in this one. So AJ Griffin was the first sub for the Hawks, the rookie first round pick. Um, in the first two games, it was Tyrese Martin kind of ahead of Griffin a little bit in the pecking order. You know, Martin is four years older than Griffin. Same draft class, but obviously a lot more of a veteran rookie kind of type player. Uh, lower ceiling, but probably a better defender, etc. Today it was Griffin and it was Griffin all the way. Um, so that was the one sort of question mark that I had about who would play. That doesn't mean that Griffin's not going to be penciled in that role, but he was definitely ahead of Martin in this spot. Uh, Jalen Johnson made his debut at preseason in this game as well. It seemed like he had not played in a while because he has in, ter in terms of game action. Of course, he missed the trip because he was um, back in Atlanta along with Trent Forrest with illness concerns. He's at full strength. There's no like limitations, but he was a little bit jittery, I thought, in this game. Didn't execute at a high level early on in this one. And then, of course, the guys who are staples, Akongwu and Justin Holiday, were in the mix as well. Um, again, kind of the nine you would expect. You know, eight locks for me in a game without Aaron Holiday and Bogey would have been the starters plus uh, Akongwu plus Justin Holiday and then Jalen Johnson. But then you throw in Griffin, and that was your top nine in this one. Um, anyway, come back to that later on. Uh, the Cats had their first big run of the game. It was a 12-3 in the middle of the first quarter. Um, actually, local product, Isaac Okoro hit back-to-back -back threes. Not usually his strength, but he kind of got loose a little bit on the Hawks, but there was a possession uh, where the Hawks just kind of kicked it around for a while. And then I looked this up. The Hawks had 13 points on their first 19 possessions offensively. That is really not good. They were five of 16 from the floor with four turnovers, pretty rocky stuff in the early going. There was a fantastic erase moment from Okongwu at the rim where he kind of just swallowed up Hall Neto. And then he ran the floor after that for a three point play. Okongwu's flashes are incredible for the most part. And that was definitely the case in this game. And then Cleveland kind of shut down late in the first quarter. Um, the Hawks played better defense, um, basically against the Trey plus bench lineup. But the Hawks in the first quarter were 8-24 from the floor, but they had seven off three rebounds and took 11 free throws. Just kind of a weird, not that Hawksy kind of game. Um, they held the Cavs to 8-28 from the floor. But uh, basically the entire game, uh, the four high-profile guards in this one were all quite bad by their standards in terms of efficiency, at least from two-point range. Um, Garland was 8-21 for the Cavs. Mitchell was 8 of 26 for the Cavs. Trey was 3 of 17, and Jonte was 7 of 19. 
So uh, no positivity there. Obviously, they all, they all shot better from three. In fact, Garland Mitchell were combined eight of 20 from three, and Jante was three of six. But uh, anyway, kind of some weird stuff there from the uh, high high profile kind of star level guards in this game. Um, elsewhere, we'll dive into the second quarter and beyond in this one. But before we do all of that stuff, and uh, I'm always obliged to tell you this, that we have more to come in terms of the second half stuff and takeaways, individual breakdowns, a little bit of a look ahead to Friday and more. But first, a word from our sponsors on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is here in a big way. It's not going anywhere anytime soon either. And Bet Online is the number one source for all the football stuff you're looking for this year across betting needs and information. Find all the latest developments, matchups, news, and podcasts at Bet Online, including all the content you need for the weekend slate in pro and college football. Bet Online also has everything you want across the board in sports wagering information. That includes live betting. In esports and live scores, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume all the sports you have interest in at this stage. And on this podcast, we talk about the NBA more often than anything else. And there are plenty of future bets out there as well before the season actually starts. Win totals, conference odds, they have title odds and division odds and conference odds, award odds, everything you want in basketball odds. And beyond basketball, they have much more. In fact, they have odds and lines on baseball and college sports and MMA. Boxing, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. Head about online right now on your mobile device or your computer to learn more about all the trends and the action in the sports world. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we'll dive in now to the second quarter of this one. And they uh, did stagger Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. They brought in DeJounte to start the second quarter after Trey played the whole first quarter. That seems like that's going to be the plan. Uh, I don't want to say that's definitely going to be the case, but in the games that they've been trying to play uh, sort of full go, and with DeJounte, the two games, they basically have had Trey play the whole first and the whole third, and they've had DeJounte kind of carry the load to begin the second quarter and the fourth. That's a, a reasonable plan. I'm definitely pro-stagger. I've spent quite a bit on the podcast the last few months, and uh, they kind of have to do that in my mind, and they have, they have been doing it for the most part so far. Um, Joan Johnson, uh, the one thing that he did do in this game to, to contribute was rebound a lot. He had six rebounds in his first stint. He was definitely uh, sort of using his size and burst to go ahead and uh, sort of definitely help out a Kongwu in that area on the glass. The Cats had a big run again, though, 12-2. to two. The Hawks were one of 10 from the floor with three turnovers to start the second quarter. Definitely a lull there for Atlanta. And big picture, it was 32-17 Cavs in the second quarter of this game. Uh, Jante kind of struggled a little bit with the ball in his hands in the second quarter. And uh, I'll say this, there was a few minors in this game of the impact of Bogdanovich in particular. Now, when they've had Aaron Holiday, they've been able to kind of piece it together because Aaron Holiday is a quality veteran. He can handle the ball a little bit. Not a great creator, but someone who's used to having the ball in his hands as a small guard. In this game, with no bogey and no Aaron Holiday, the lack of shooting and the lack of ball handling were stark. Um, Obviously, when they had Trey and DeJounte playing together, you don't feel it as much because those guys are obviously really good ball handlers. But a second unit with Murray plus um, Griffin plus... Uh, Justin Holiday as the perimeter guys, and then you get into Jalen. Um, not a whole lot of creation there and not a whole lot of space in there. Obviously, AJ Griffin's a really good shooter, but then you also have DeJounte on the floor. So basically, you only have one plus-plus shooter. Justin Holiday can shoot, but he's not a huge volume guy. And then Jalen Johnson, not a huge volume guy from three either. So the second unit without bogey uh, might have some struggles offensively. Now, def- defensively, they have some pretty good uh, size and intrigue there, especially e- even with AJ Griffin, who's kind of a, just a, he's a, he's a big body. But they also... Anyway, definitely felt the absence of bogey in this game. Um, there was a weird technical foul on Trey Young in this one. There was some frustration sort of arguing with an official after a Kongu got fouled and it was not called. Um, first of two, Nate got one as well in this game. So some uh, intensity by the Hawks that you don't often see techs in the preseason, especially two of them on the same team in the same game. But that happened at different points along the way there. Uh, Hunter had a g- couple of good sequences in this game. He actually had a, 
uh, one where he drew a charge in the second quarter on one end of the floor and then got um, a bucket through contact on the other end of the floor. That was good to see from Hunter, who's been playing pretty darn well in these first three games. A lot of encouraging signs from the soon-to-be fourth-year forward of the Hawks. But they went back to starters pretty late in the first half. Um, they went down by 18 at one, at one point. In fact, it was 32-9 to through about eight minutes in the second quarter. Uh, that is not great. Nate McMillan was seemingly not very pleased. The Hawks had a lot of issues finishing around the rim. Jared Allen was uh, getting in the way quite a bit. In fact, Capello and Okongwu, even the big the big guys, were two of nine from the floor at one point. And then Trey was 0 of 6 on twos at one point. So there was like a force field around the rim. Uh, part of that was Jared Allen. But uh, without Mobley, it wasn't like they were just like totally walling off. It was just the Hawks could not get anything going at the rim in this game. But after that, Cleveland didn't score for the last four minutes, and the Hawks had an 8-0 run. Capella had two just huge blocks down the stretch of the first half, and then uh, probably should have been a bigger run. The Hawks just could not have their offense firing on all cylinders. But in the first half, the Hawks were down by 10, but they were 13-50 from the floor. One more time, 13-50. That's 26%. Now, they were 10-38 on twos. That is hideous stuff. A 79 offensive rating. Trey and Ajante were 4-21. of Now, on the other side, though, they had 16 offensive rebounds. That's more than they average in a game, and they had that in the first half. 11 turnovers is way too much for the Hawks as well. Capella had 12 boards and three blocks in the 15 minutes that he played in the first half. Huge numbers. Just a lot of weirdness in this one. Like a lot of physicality, a lot of like broken plays on both sides. Just a very weird game all the way across. Um, five assists, by the way, for the Hawks in the first half. That's a very bad number for Atlanta. But they held the Cavs to 40% shooting from two. That's a good number. And the Cavs had a sub-100 offensive rating and led by 10. So lots of uh, strange stuff in that first half. Um, they used the starters to start the third quarter. Um, I wasn't sure how serious they were going to go in this game, but it ended up being like basically all the way through. Um, John Collins had a huge start in the third quarter. He had 10 points in 124 seconds. So basically two minutes, 10 points, including a pair of threes. Jump shot was looking good, very smooth. Any concerns about the finger and his jump shot are kind of gone for me at this point. He looks really good and comfortable shooting shooting threes, shooting jumpers, and uh, John is very good, as I talked about a lot on yesterday's podcast as well. They were generally more crisp and like purposeful offensively in the third quarter. That was good to see. They got the first transition take foul called against the Hawks this year. Um, that is a new rule that is trying to emphasize the uh, lack of Euro fouls and try to stop those fast break um, intentional fouls. And Trey got called for one. Um, that's a free throw on the ball, by the way, for the opponent. So if that ever happens now in the regular season, you know it's coming. That is uh, one of those new rules in the books that is uh, designed to kind of help game flow. And I actually like that rule quite a bit, but it was called against the Hawks in this spot. They came back from being down 18 in the first half and tied it in the middle of the, sec- in the, middle of the third quarter. They had 24 points in the first eight minutes of the third after scoring 41 points in the whole first half. So a lot of their offense in that third quarter. Uh, Conley had a great play that I wanted to highlight in the third um, kind of a reminder how good he is and how special he could be defensively. He was basically playing two guys at once um, in space defensively. He sort of, uh, after the Hawks kind of lost contain at the point of attack, he jabbed at the ball handler, forced the pass, then got back, deflected the pass, and then reset the entire possession basically on his own. He's so good at, th- at that kind of stuff. His instincts are great. And uh, that's one of the one of things about Conwood just being a very special potential defender in the near future. Um I mentioned Nate's technical foul earlier. He was arguing a no call on Jalen Johnson. Kind of good to see Nate kind of take up for Jalen as a young guy. Uh, Nate is kind of always famously not like the most young guy friendly guy in the world, but uh, that actually was a good sign, I thought. But the Hawks did shoot much better in the third quarter, play much better in the third quarter. They got to the line nine times. They had a 91 offensive rating, though, through three, and uh, that's also when uh, it was sort of leaking out that Capella was going to be out for the rest of the game. So that kind of put a damper on things. Again, a right thumb strain for Capella, and uh, not great stuff necessarily there, but we'll see on that 
in the future. And the fourth quarter was like more of that ball handling challenge stuff with the lineup with Murray plus Griffin plus Johnson plus Holiday. The Hawks did lead very briefly in the fourth. And uh, I've talked about this a lot. I'll come back to it at the end of the podcast. We do individual stuff. AJ Griffin is a heck of a shooter. Now, I've said that for basically four, five, six months now. That's before the draft, but uh, it is definitely the case. They brought Trey back with six minutes to go. I was surprised by that. I wasn't outraged by it, but Trey played a lot of minutes, and I was surprised they came back in along with with DeAndre Hunter. But definitely a dress rehearsal kind of feel to this one across the board. The first non-rotation guy for the Hawks came in with about four minutes to go. It was Vic Krejci and Trent Forrest getting his first action with the Hawks. He, of course, was alongside Jalen Johnson and not traveling to Abu Dhabi, but he's on a two-way contract. And uh, Culver after that. And then, by the way, a late appearance in this game for the Cavs for Sharif Cooper, a familiar face, former Hawks two-way guy, local product, et cetera. He is now uh, in camp with the Cavs, so good to see him on the floor at the end of that. And uh, Cleveland won the game at the end because they won on a 12-0 run with about three minutes to go. And that basically decided the actual result on the scoreboard. The Hawks didn't ever like quit down the stretch, but that is kind of why they were ended up uh, being on the short end of the stick in the latter portion of this game. Um, as far as takeaways are concerned, uh, I think it was notable, and Dominique said this as well on the broadcast. He, of course, went to Abu Dhabi as part of the NBA delegation. But Nate McMillan talked about this at practice the other day as well, apparently, according to Lauren Williams of AJC. Um, Nate's talked about just some jet lag, just the fact that the Hawks had some heavy legs, maybe a little bit tired, hangover stuff back from that trip. I know they've been back, they've been back for two-plus days now, but that's not easy. Like it's a, That's a big international thing, and I'm sure it did not help the Hawks' legs in this game. Nate said that he was still feeling it, and he wasn't playing basketball. So that's notable. Um, but again, offensively, it was a roller coaster in this one. The third quarter was pretty good, but they had a 99, 99 offensive rating while trying in this game. They had all of their guys, Sands, Bogey, and Holiday, and they were – 18 of 61 on twos. That is 29 and a half percent. Jared Allen's really good at the rim, but he's not like Rudy Gobert on steroids and they didn't have Evan Mobley either. So there was a little bit of Jared Allen being awesome. There was also some really bad offense for the Hawks at the rim. They did shoot well from three. They were 20, 12 to 27 from three. Got to the line 32 times. That's a high number for Atlanta. They turned the ball over a lot. Um, they were going off of glass, although some of those were like kind of errant, uh, those sort of errant, like Moses Malone style putbacks that were misses by Capella and others. Uh, defensively, they were pretty frisky in this game. You know, they lost some guys in transition, but a 102 defensive rating, you'll take that all day for this Hawks team. Cleveland shot well from three, but the Hawks turned, the ball, turned them over 14 times, held them to 11 free throws. So they won the free throw battle. They won the glass in this game. And those extra possessions are very, very useful in a vacuum. So overall, again, like this was not bad. They played uh, probably a more entertaining level of basketball in Abu Dhabi is a little bit more up and down, a little more offense driven, but the Hawks played fine in this game. There's a lot of physicality, like some bad finishing, but I don't suddenly worry about DeJounte Murray and Trey Young missing two point shots. Like it is what it is. They didn't really have it in this game as, as far as their finishing was concerned, but um, no like sirens for me in a close fought home, uh, sorry, close fought road loss against a pretty good and game opponent in Cleveland. So we'll have more in a second, but first a word from our sponsors on the show today. All right, we're gonna get out of here now on the player evaluations as we get into uh, it is now officially Thursday. I'm very tired after covering the Braves as well this evening, so my apologies if things get off the rails here at the end of the show. But as far as the guys who played real minutes, um, there were only none of them. I, I should at least mention that Kaminsky, Forrest, Culver, and Krejci got in the game. No Tyrese Martin uh, on the floor in this one. Bogey and Aaron Holiday um, were not uh, in the building, or at least not in uniform for this game. Uh, Jalen Johnson, 22 minutes. Uh, 11 rebounds is a good sign. He had eight points and two assists and a block. Uh, he was 1-5 of five from the floor. 
0 4 on, on twos. Um, I thought he was a little bit jittery, as I said before on the podcast, but I think his energy level was pretty good. He's not played a basketball game in quite a while, so I wasn't like worried about him like being a little bit all over the place. But I think his energy was good. His rebounding is really, really helpful, particularly alongside of Kongwu. And uh, I thought he looked fine for the most part. Justin Holiday, very quiet game. Only took two shots, two points, one rebound, one block. He was just Justin Holiday, kind of blending in. Um, he played a lot in that first game and then didn't play the second game in Abu Dhabi. Uh, he's a guy, he's a pro. I'm not worried about, worried about him really at all. AJ Griffin, three, three or five from three. Good to see him sort of getting some shots up, six rebounds, 11 points. Uh, the shot is what it is. Defensively, I think he's been pretty decent for a rookie. Um, I'm still skeptical about like him right now as a every night defender in the NBA because he struggled in college and generally speaking, rookies are pretty bad, but he is pretty big and he's a pretty smart player. Like he has pretty good feel, coach's son, all that stuff. And I think that he will get it quickly, at least relatively so. I think he's looked pretty good. And the jump shot is what it is. Like it's, it's an awesome shot already. And again, without bogey, they might just need to play him for the shooting and that's okay. I'm all, I'm all about giving him time. He's going to, I think he has real upside in the future and the Hawks know that that's why I drafted him or they drafted him. Um, And then a Kongwu, like he wasn't fantastic. In fact, he had no defensive rebounds. Maybe that was the Jalen Johnson thing because Jalen had nine and a Kongwu had zero. Um, Those guys were playing together for the most part in this one. Seven points, five rebounds, two assists, and a block. The flashes are what they are for a Kongwu. He wasn't like perfect in this game, but I thought he was just fine. Um, The starters uh, will save the two guards for the end. I thought Collins was really good offensively in particular. 15 points, seven rebounds, 24 minutes. He didn't play a ton in the second half, but, uh, you know, he had had a steal. uh, Looked fine to me like shot the ball well played confidently a reminder he's really good on offense and no surprises there um hunter was not like incredible but 12 points five rebounds two assists looked pretty crisp he was only of two on threes but got to the line four times four made from two um defensively was fine i thought deandre you know for three games so far has looked pretty good obviously the extension deadline is looming he's got like only a few more days now to come to an agreement um that's been covered on this podcast in depth in previous episodes if you want to have more on that but He's been looking good. Three games, no injuries, good decisiveness, good um, sort of assertiveness, physicality. He's been looking good. So uh, all, all signs positive now on Hunter. And then Capella, 23 minutes, eight points, 15 rebounds. That's a lot of rebounds. Four blocks as well for Capella. He's looked great. And unfortunately, the thumb thing is now lingering. I don't really know how serious it is at this stage. The Hawks are not going to be in the business of telling us that just yet. It's a thumb strain. That's what they called it at this point. But uh, when he's been out there, he looks really good. Now, the finishing around the rim is still not great. That's not any breaking news to anybody, but rebounding, flying around, blocking shots, four blocks, and like just anchoring in a lot of ways. So I think, I think he's been looking really good. He looks healthy to me, and hopefully the thumb is not going to change that. And then uh, Trey and DeJounte. So we'll do Trey first. Trey was uh, not good by his, by his standards in this game. He was 3 of 17 from the floor, including 2 of 11 on twos. That's the line eight, got the line eight times, six assists, um, but six turnovers as well. Uh, he didn't have it in this one. Uh, he was kind of in second gear for the most part. I think is the way that Clint Lowell said that, my friend on the podcast from uh, Peachtree Hoops. And uh, I agree with that. I think Trey was just kind of cruising. No, no big deal at all. I'm not worried about that in any way, shape, or form. Trey is still awesome, but he was not great in this one. And then Murray was kind of pressing a little bit, I thought, at times. But he was uh, four of 13 on twos, three of six from three. Did have four assists, four rebounds um, after not playing on Saturday. Looked fine physically. You know, he missed the game um, against uh, the Bucks in Abu Dhabi with back spasms. But all signs point to him being totally fine. They played a lot of minutes. Trey played 34 minutes in this one. Jante 33 minutes. I'm not sure if they'll do the full workload on Friday as well. But the Hawks still, the Hawks still do have 
know, four full off days between their final preseason game on Friday and the opener on Wednesday. So they can just kind of push to the end if they want to. And McMillan, before they started the preseason, talks about how they only have four games. So he seems to be willing and eager to play these guys a lot of minutes. So we'll see how they look on Friday or if they play on Friday. But I assume they will be out there, and I will update that if that actually changes in the near future. Speaking of which, before we get out of here on this Wednesday evening into Thursday, I will be in, a, I will be in Birmingham on Friday. The Hawks play, by the way, a game against the Pelicans in Birmingham. I'm not explaining this for a while. I did talk about it at one point in early in the summer, but they're playing at the G League Arena in Birmingham. That's the affiliate of the Pelicans. It's kind of a neutral site game. It's more of a Pelicans home game, but it's pretty close to Atlanta. And the Hawks have no home games in the preseason. Of course, they have the two games in Abu Dhabi that were home games, but not really home games, obviously. And then they're in Cleveland today. So I'm making the short drive trip slash all that fun stuff journey over to Birmingham for Friday night's game. That's a 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off, 7 o'clock local in Birmingham Central Time. So I'll be on scene for that one. We'll see how that all shakes out. And then after that, it's all systems go because the Hawks now open uh, less than a week from now as I record this podcast. They'll open Wednesday night at home against the Rockets. State Farm Arena. The Rockets are not going to be great this year, but that place will be rocking for the opener, I'm sure, and I'll have plenty of content. In fact, um, I'll have the show from Birmingham somewhere on Friday night, and then at least two shows between then and the opener on Wednesday. So we'll have three or four more episodes between now and then. So keep it locked. Please stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. It really does uh, definitely help me and help the podcast to grow and stabilize if you were to subscribe across platforms. If you like the show already, do us a favor and like auto download across platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, um, like the YouTube show, subscribe to the YouTube show, share it. All that stuff definitely helps us to uh, grow the podcast as well as following us on Twitter at Lots on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Spread the word, tell a friend, and we'll see you again after the game on Friday.